Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Okay, Lugu, I'm not going to let you off the hook. We're going to continue this kind of conversation on obedience because you're one of them young uh, whippersnappers that don't understand how to follow. I am. Uh, young you know, and fit. I, I thought I, I smacked you upside the head <laughs> often enough. Uh, uh, hello to everybody. Welcome uh, back. Uh, thanks for coming back this week and listening to our discussion. Uh, discussion. We, we, we may have to go to blows on this one, Lugo, because, <laughs> but, and, and I think I mentioned this. So we're, we're talking about obedience and the, the importance of obedience. I think we're going to agree that that's part of following and, and how far, how much of it? I think it's it's critical to be able to obey as a follower. And as we said last week, we don't teach people to follow. We teach them supposedly to lead, and that's why they screw up because they don't know how to follow. They don't have humility, and they don't obey. But but part of the problem, and I, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode, uh, what uh, Rush Limbaugh said: we lost the language. Mm-hmm. That we don't understand the language. We make we use words for all kinds of things that don't mean or didn't mean that originally. So now when we've changed the meaning, we can't communicate because we don't know what it means because we changed. You know, it's what uh, what is it? Uh, Bill Clinton says something about we we don't know what it it what it means. The word it what well yes we do, but nonetheless that was and that was all political. Uh, but nonetheless, if we if we can't. If we're not humble enough, if we're not uh, strong enough, secure enough to use that word obedience, because we're not, you know, you use that word and the hair on the back of your neck sticks up or, you know, most right, people, right, exactly. Like, yeah, let's go to blows. I'm not saying blind obedience. Okay. That's a different thing mm-hmm. that, you know, when you, when you, and I mean, we did this in in Vietnam, we had, uh, we, we, there was plenty of, uh, there were plenty of officers, new officers, that wanted their people, their troops, to su- uh, support them, to obey them blindly. And we had things like melee, uh, my lie, I don't know how you say it, but the, you know, some bad stuff happened because of it. So I'm not advocating blind obedience. I'm advocating obedience in the in the humble sense that you're in charge. And, and maybe you're the, the the youngest person on the on the team. Maybe you're the most experienced person on the team, but you're the most knowledgeable. You're in charge. We put you in charge because of that. Now I'm going to follow you. That's yeah, you obedience, mean- not blind obedience. Like go kill those people and and then just go kill them because your your lieutenant told you that. That's stupid. But mm-hmm. so that's not what I'm advocating. But again, we we think I I think that most of you people. I'll use that you term. people, you, you, you people. the big you. <laughs> uh, think of obedience. <laughs> I'll give you my perspective. Go ahead. You know, it's not it's uh, it's not about being subservient, uh, but nonetheless, yeah. it's about doing what you should do at that moment. And, and going back to my story with my colonel, you know, at that moment, I needed to do what she wanted me to do. But again, as we said last week, we had already done this futures discussion. When the future occurs, this is what we both of us and you know she she had to follow orders too. You know she could have said I don't know what she was doing before she got the call that hey we got to go. Uh, she could have said well give me about five minutes, but instead she there was a higher authority and that was 
again, a planned future. When I get the call, I have to do this. I have to obey because it's important. It's critical. Yeah, I, I think that my my perspective on that is in regards to obedience is that is that the follower does several things, right? I don't I don't think like right now I, I do understand the, the what you meant what you mean by lost we have lost the language. And and yes, it is a every type, every single kind of generation comes up with their own type of language. I think it's an evolution. In some cases. There are people that do different things with their language to erase words, to make, to give different meaning to, the, to some words, to bring about a system change where then we, instead of having uh, a continuation of the future, instead of uh, having that happen, we want, in some cases, the old to collapse and the new to grow. And so we take words and we do different things. And we have seen that in the media and we have seen and you name it and but i so yes i agree with that and obedience could be one of those words that uh you know over generations and i'm pretty sure you ask many different people what that means and in some case back in into in some some years in last episode i was talking about confucius and and how so some theories of leadership were built on that and he meant that obedience was very important in regards to uh, aligning certain behaviors in such way that we could just begin to have uh, go from chaos to order. And of course, when we have order, then we have we can have precise execution. And and, and so my point is, in in regards to the word that today, uh, yes, the word obedience means for a lot of people, blind obedience. Just just tell me, uh, again, and then we kind of evolved to the, the 1980s, 1990s, uh, the leadership grid in, starts talking about how we use obedience as a, or how the follower sees obedience, uh, or the leader too, as a form of maternalistic type of leadership or 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 paternalistic type of leadership and if we have that mindset then we tend to uh to not challenge the leader and so that is where where this point of obedience is it, it has to be taken carefully i believe but i also believe that the reason why followers and us as leaders align to do something you mentioned we see the outcomes right i see what you see, I agree with you on what the outcomes are going to be in the future. And so I enlist myself, that, that's one perspective of the follower, right? I, I, I enlist to make sure that future happened because that future uh, benefits you and it benefits me. But so, so there's several, several perspectives here from followership. One is follower gets the job done, right? So, so then you as a leader, you know, you invest in their people, your people understand, hey, I get the things done, so I have power. The other one is uh, followers uh, work in the best uh, work, uh, you know, so followers uh, work in the best interest of the organization's mission. So because I believe that what you're asking me to do is in the best interest of the mission, and I, I may not agree with you on all things, or I will not consider yourself a, 
a leader that I should follow, but I, you mentioned uh, higher authority. For me, the higher authority in this case is the constitution of the U.S., right? The U.S. constitution or whatever the mission of the organization is that I identify with. We're going to change the world with this, you know, with this thing that we're doing. We're in social justice or whatever. We're going to feed the world. That is a higher authority. And I may not agree with you, but my perspective in regards to followership is I work in the best interest of the organization's mission. And so then whatever you and I have to do, even though it's transactional, I will follow, right? I may not be obedient to you, but I will be dedicated, surrendering to whatever that other purpose. Uh, and other, other perspective, right? The followers need to challenge the leader. So that's not, uh, and that's to, because the leader needs to be put in check at one point. And what I mean, check is not to challenge the leader in a point being disrespectful, but just to ensure that you and the leader are thinking about the future and looking at the implications of following a particular course of action. So both of you can but, but be, agree be, and be yeah, successful. But be careful with that, because I think when you're saying you you, you should challenge the person, the leader, uh, I think what you're saying or what I'm hearing is you challenge the person. And when you challenge the person, you might be challenging the personality. You know, you I, I've worked for the worst. I've worked for the best. This, uh, uh, my boss, the person that got me to the Air Force Academy that I uh, spoke for at uh, uh, his event for um, Vet Veterans Day, he is the best. There's no doubt in my mind, he was my best boss. And so if I challenge him, I may be, I'm challenging the person and I'm challenging probably, possibly the personality which sometimes we just don't get along with the personality. I've worked with uh, some people that, you know, the, the, the personality was, uh, uh, um, uh, you could probably, some people would say toxic, but you know, the intent, the purpose was so uh, correct, was so gui uh, guided to what we should be doing that you put up with that. You know, I, I worked for a, a person who was no kidding, a, uh, a genius. He, he was mm -hmm. he still is, he's a, still a, a genius. But his personality is freaky. It freaks out a lot of people, and a lot of people can't work with him because he's so far away, you know, so far ahead of us. But uh, I and I worked; I was his, uh, his deputy, and a lot of times I could see the vision. I had to in uh, interpret that to the follow the other followers because it was correct. It was just the way he did it that was not pleasing. Let's just say pleasing. Uh, so uh, I I think uh, Lugo, what what you judge, what you uh, as a follower, especially a good follower, is to consider the the behavior. Let's let's talk about the behavior, not the person, because when we talk about the person, emotions come in immediately, and once you get emotional, it, it's over because nobody's going to win. But if we talk about that behavior toward that vision, then I think that's a little bit easier to talk about that thing, not about you. So uh, yeah, challenge. The behavior challenge, maybe the methods challenge those things, but not so much the person, because then again, that's personal, and it, it and I and I think this happens so much anymore. Lugo. Uh, we, you know, in, in politics, you can see it immediately. We hate that person, but that person has the best ideas for us. The that person is more effective because of experience, whatever it is but we hate that person. So we're going to destroy that person regardless of, of the good that he or she could give us. And that I think that's stupid. That's that's a, uh, that's going to be well, the demise of our, our country. 
Yeah, it needs to happen. It, I believe that there is a place for that. And the reason why, I mean, hate is is, is really bad. It corrupts you. And it, it, it's just there's something that should never happen in a person. Sometimes people, and sometimes we don't know, right? Yeah, one of the things that we should always do is guard our heart, you know, that that we don't get to that point of hatred uh, because it corrupts everything. But uh, But in regards to... If we see a leader that is going something and we think that ideas are not right and is leading us through a different place, there are rules for challenging the leader, right? Uh, there's a one rule that, that I believe is important when you're talking about the leader, and that is a leader that does not share power needs to be challenged, all right? That, that's a dictator, and we know how that goes. And that goes to what you're saying. The person is going through something, putting... Uh, who knows, uh, uh, policy, uh, and, and who knows, maybe the person has the best intentions, it's just person can't see it, mm -hmm. right? Because being influenced by some others, and that's and so the follower has a, a duty to challenge that. And but when I mean, uh, uh, proper, proper, uh, followers, uh, proper followership and proper action in regards to challenging is it's this leader who does not. Share power. I mentioned. I think this. I was trying to get this quote. Uh, he said, uh, and I can't remember who. I was trying to look in the internet and see who said it. I think it says Lord Acton, but I'm not sure. It says, uh, "Absolute power corrupts absolutely." Right. And so, and imagine yourself in a situation like that. So, so when you see a leader that does not share power, then you know that needs to be challenged. The other part too, in regards to uh, to ideas, and is uh ideas need to be challenged but not to the point that you want to destroy them but what you want to do is create a a, a place where we can talk about remember we were talking about the future we want to create a place uh where ideas we can examine ideas brainstorm ideas and then come up with the best course forward in some cases this course is you know, forward is diverse because there's so many things that got to be done in some cases in parallel to make sure that you can bend the future to whatever that preferred future you want and not end up with other futures that are going to be emerging as you are moving into the future. Uh, I just saw this thing on LinkedIn. Uh, I can't uh, remember. It was, it was a, 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 a very simple, uh, uh, I guess uh, a picture, right? And it says a leader needs to create a an environment where a person can raise their hand and say, "I disagree." And and I think he had like fifteen thousand people like the the you know the yeah. the picture. And I was thinking, uh, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wasn't is this new? This is not new, right? Yeah, I mean, this right. is something that should have happened. Right. And so what I think about obedience i think is a responsibility of the follower to adhere to i mean all, all these the perspective exists but adhere to some kind of higher authority that as you mentioned and and then also see at the outcomes of those things into the future and then have a conversation right. and you know what uh maybe the leader is right because yeah. sometimes right. we all see the world at, you know, in a particular way, there's this leadership uh, 
leadership theory is called adaptive leadership. And one of the steps in regards to adaptive leadership, it, basically uh, the adaptive leader helps helps followers deal with challenges. But one of the things that one of the step number one in in that leadership model is for the leader to, uh, they said, uh, to go to the balcony, right? And look, we call that finding perspective. And so goes out there and looks around. And I think all of us have that responsibility. It doesn't matter where we are in the organization to get in the balcony, gain perspective, and then come together and then talk about this situation rather than, than trying to, when we're talking about challenging, right? And so then we can be obedient to a higher power. And, and, yeah. and I mean to that, to be submissive, right? With right. all of our effort to make a future that is good for you and good for me happen. And I, and I think the, the key to doing that, Lugo, is uh, something we don't do, we don't, we don't teach people to do, and that's to analyze what we're talking about. You know, again, we're talking, uh, when we talk about language, we've lost the language. We don't understand what that means. The boss says, let's do this. Sure, I have a perspective in my mind, which I call the truth, which is not the truth. It's my truth, which is bullshit. So excuse the vernacular, but that's how I feel mm -hmm. about it. But the, uh, And we haven't analyzed that that's what it means, those words that we used, that terminology. And that's where I fit in. It's my job to do that part of it so that we can do together what we say we want to do and be and grow and all that kind of stuff but we don't do that you know we're we're just in such a, a rush and i think that's and part of that a lot of that is i think the part of the problem that we tell someone you're the leader they want they come in and we i want to hire a leader okay but when did we teach them how to follow mm -hmm. and when and you and again that's a a situational thing you know, there are times when I and and and, inter, and I, I'm sure you're going to agree with this. We go as a chief for gosh, I don't know. I, I, was, I was a chief starting in 1991. So, uh, as a chief, a, a leader uh, in the Air Force, I, I was expected to make and not some to partly make decisions, but mostly to recommend to my commander what he or she should decide. And sometimes that affected someone's life. Uh, that's a lot. In those days, I wished I was just a follower. I wished that mm. I was going back. I wish I could just obey. You know, again, with Deb, sometimes I just want to obey. Baby, where do you want to go eat? I'll go wherever you want. I have no preference. MREs is fine for me. Let Just make a decision and I will follow. I will obey you. Yes, it's it's the easy way. But you see the, this word, because you don't want to do the work. You see, you you have to do the work and the work is analysis, as you mentioned. And that is very difficult because one of the things that we don't teach a lot of people to do very well is thinking. And I, I remember one time uh, someone told me that, uh, the, the, the most difficult thing you can ask a person to do is to think. Yeah. It is difficult. It requires you know, uh, motivation, personality, I mean, you name and that's, it. And that's why when we met 30 years ago, the first book I ever gave you was called As a Man Thinketh. You bet. By uh, Alan. I can't, what's his first name? I don't remember. Yes. Uh, was, was it not? Absolutely. That was, yes. that was, that was a very profound book. It yes. was, it was amazing. Yes. So you're right that we, we, we don't, that's like followership though, Lugo. We don't teach people to follow. We don't teach people to think. And, and a lot of that time possibly isn't that we 
teach people how to do it. It's that we do it ourselves. Because and this is in my book that you published, uh, uh, what, I, what I Learned From Dad Made Me a Better Man. We can't teach leadership. We can't teach character. We show it and hope like heck that someone follows. You know what? Let's talk more about this next week. Let's do that. All right. Take care, Chief. See you. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great.